0: Welcome to Season 3 of the How to Love the Shit Out of Life Podcast. Sally here. I'm back and I'm stoked to be bringing you the podcast in this new year. Happy New Year. I think it's still acceptable to say that a few days after January 1st. So I'm going to roll with that. It's 2021. I hope you all had lovely holiday seasons. And if you're like me and you're on a bit of a break from work how bloody good is it? (laughs) It's so good having a bit of time up my sleeve to recharge, relax, and also put some effort and time and focus into this podcast. I've still got a couple of weeks up my sleeve too, so um, I'm feeling very grateful and lucky for that. I know there's a few people that are heading back to work probably today. It's Monday, January 4th as I record this, and I think it's back to work For many so good on you if you are getting back into you know the routine and the throes of normal life today props to you but yeah so a lot of focus is going into the podcast in 2021 season three I'm really excited I've got some great things happening behind the scenes some ideas that I'm trialing and looking at doing to make the podcast bigger and better. As per usual, I'm always looking at ways to not only improve the podcast, but improve myself. Uh, That's how I live my life. I always want to be a better version of myself today than what I was yesterday. So that's the aim here. Really excited for this first episode of season three. At the end of last year, it was on a very hot November day here out in the southwest of Sydney. I spoke with a woman by the name of Sarah Naigama. Now, Sarah is a rugby union player. She plays for the Waratahs, the New South Wales Waratahs, I should say, representing our state uh, in the women's super rugby competition here in Australia. And uh, she's also represented her country. She's represented the Wallaroos, which is the women's national side in rugby union here. And she has an incredible attitude to not only her craft, you know, and her her life as an athlete, but also her life in general. I followed Sarah on Instagram a little while ago. I've been following her for a while. Um and I was just really inspired, you know, she shares a lot of her training, uh, and, and the work she puts into her, you know, her life as a semi professional athlete, but also just her life in general. She shares a lot of really positive Uh, authentic content and I really admire that when I see that on social media particularly Instagram it's a place where there's a lot of bullshit going on and I, I feel like Sarah is no bullshit now that I've met her I know that to be true she has that ability to make you feel instantly warm and welcome when you meet her I love people like that because you immediately feel like you can trust them and doing a podcast and opening up about the things that we do on how to love the shit out of life, you do need an element of trust. And I'm sure the guests need to feel like they trust me, but I also feel like I need to trust them because sometimes I might start revealing things about myself as well. So Sarah has that sound to a T. She is a very warm and friendly human being, very kind. Uh, I literally left our chat feeling like I was absolutely meant to meet her and also to have that conversation. It was a great conversation. We had a few laughs uh, and we, you know, got real about a few things. Um, As I said, there's no bullshit with her um, and it was a really good chat. So I hope you get as much out of our conversation as I know the two of us did when we were recording it. So enjoy the first episode of How to Love the Shit Out of Life, the podcast, season three. Welcome to another episode of the How to Love the Shit Out of Life podcast. Today, rugby union player Sarah Nagama joins me to talk about her journey through the sport, which has seen her play for the Waratahs in the Super W League and for the Australian women's national side, the Wallaroos. I cannot wait to pick Sarah's brain on being an athlete, her life and all the things she loves the shit out of. So welcome, Sarah.
1: Thank you so much for having me. This is really cool. I know. This is the first time <laughs> I've been on a podcast. So I'm like really, really excited. Really pumped. Yes. yes. And we
0: are recording this on a very hot Sydney day. Yes.
1: It is hot in Campbelltown. I believe it's 40 degrees outside. Yeah. But we have air con and. And we're drinking warm drinks. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know a cold beer would probably be better, but it's a bit a early. Gin. Hey, look,
1: we've got some gin behind that bar. <laughs> <laughs> nice.
0: Um, so tell us a bit about yourself Uh, Your upbringing and how you came to love rugby union.
1: Yeah, so I I'm 25 years old. I'm a proud Australian-born Fijian. Um, My parents came over here um, in the 80s, and so our lives kind of were built from here. Um, We grew up in the Bexley area, um, stayed there for majority of our lives, um, but now I live in Campbelltown with my partner um love life in the west side yeah um outside of it so basically how my journey started in rugby union was in 2011 um the olympics announced that they were going to include women's rugby sevens for the first time and so australia went mad trying to recruit talent and obviously when you try and recruit talent you also start from grassroots as well so at the time i was attending endeavor sports high school and um, we had a targeted sports program already going for the boys and so the coaches of the team said hey like do any girls want to come try some sevens and so I was like yes like this is a great opportunity to like show my brothers that like I'm as tough as them like but you know (laughs) also bearing in mind like I didn't really have like a strong sporting background growing up like I like played a little bit of sport here and there outside Mm. of school like you know did the odd tennis played cricket whenever they said like we need some players and i was like yes they pass get out of school <laughs> for the day um so i saw it as like a real opportunity to kind of give a sport my all and see how it would unfold for me um and thankfully it totally unfolded like in my favor and um one thing led to another started in school got recruited um, for like new south wales seven school girls and that's basically how my journey had started in rugby was as a new south Wales school girl. Oh. Um, which was very exciting and at that time as well they said that we were like the first schoolgirl team as well and so that was like you know there was a lot of pride attached to that um and then naturally the following year I fell out of the age category because I was already in year 12 at that point mm. um I, yeah I fell out of the age category of a schoolgirl, so they said after that tournament you need to go find rugby club like if you Mm. want to play because as we all know sevens is only a summer sport and i was like oh crap like (laughs) like like who else is going to take me Mm. so i was like 17 years old fresh out of school and i was playing with some girls at the time that said hey like we're actually going to go down to sydney university maybe you should come with us and like just do a training session but it's 15 aside and like coming from sevens like 15 people in the field at one time or 30 people really is a really overwhelming thing to kind of um process but i went in that was 2013. Rocked up to my first session at Sydney University, and that's pretty much where my journey had started. And over the years, that's like, a bit, like led me to different opportunities, like playing mm. for the Waratahs and um, being included in the Wallaroo side. So, I I'm while I'm so proud of like my rep opportunities, I will never forget what club gave me um and and what it's given yeah what it's given me actually and still continues to give me to like kind of make me the player that I am now but yeah basically that's like the rugby side of it family obviously because my brothers um played a lot of sport growing up mm-hmm. particularly rugby league and had professional careers as well I yeah I, I always looked up to my brothers and I still do like I they are my role models mm-hmm. um and so I was just like kind of keen to carve out a path like theirs um and it just so happened to be it was in a different code but Yeah, it was – I just – I kind of love that that's kind of our family story at the same time, like, we are building – like, within ourselves, like, we are building a legacy within our family of, like, a a rich sporting history, you could almost say, you know. Um, And, like, the fact that they've both captained the Fiji national side on a World Cup stage is huge, and the fact that I'm a part of the Australian Wallaroo squad is, like – huge yeah and like i never ever want to try and play that down because i know it's such an honor to to have the opportunities that we've had Mm. so far um but you know growing up there was like there was a lot of love we didn't we didn't have a lot and like my mom my dad struggled and my parents split when we were quite young as well um but if there's anything that has been so evident over the years it's just that there's been so much love Mm. and we've always like been united like regardless of like what life chucked at us we were we were just always tight knit and even still now like my brothers live overseas like where's his coaching over Sees in fiji kevin literally this morning just won the super league final oh Uh, yeah they win they won oh
0: nice they won (laughs) so
1: that's like his second super league premiership (sighs) title amazing Um, and you know like my sister and i we live here in sydney but like regardless of how far i still feel so connected to them because there's just always been that love from like when we were younger up until now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's
0: so cool. I'm actually a Newcastle Knights supporter. So hey, your brothers she's an OG. the Knights. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think Kevin played too many games. He didn't. Mm. It was mostly Wes. Like, yeah.
1: It's so funny though because like it's almost like wherever Wes went, Kevin followed. <laughs> so when Wes went up to Newcastle, he really bargained with my mum to get Kevin to go with him because right. he was just like, mum, if Kevin stays here in Sydney, he won't, He won't play rugby the way that I know he should. So like, you should let him go. And like, it was really hard for my mom because Kevin was just fresh out of school then. Mm. But she was like, okay, like if you think it, but she's like, you have to look after him. Like, um, so yeah, Wes took Kevin under his wing. They went to Newcastle, and then Wes went over to Panthers afterwards. Mm -hmm. Kevin followed back to back. <laughs> <laughs> So it's almost like wherever Wes went, Kevin went also. That's oh, pretty cool.
0: That is cool. Yeah. I think it's nice when like families want to stick together like that. And you do 100. see it in sport. Like there's yeah. a lot of those brothers that play. Look at like the Burgess brothers in, you know, yeah. Rugby League mm-hmm. all played for the Rabbitohs at one point. Like I think the it's Morris nice brothers. Yeah. The sibling
1: love is true. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's
0: it. So can you tell us a bit about some of the highlights of your career so far? So you touched on the Wallaroos squad yeah. and you know obviously making the Waratahs team. Yeah. Have there a few things that stand out for you? Yeah,
1: definitely. I feel um like I feel on every level, like club club level, state level, and national level I've definitely had some highlights um and I could definitely go through them, but I think in terms of like um two that stick out to me is actually three. Can I go three? Of three course. that stick out to me? Okay. Great. Yeah. <laughs> club level um so I played for Sydney University like proud proud lioness um but basically we had our grand final earlier this oh actually only about six weeks ago now um and I it was so special to win that grand final and I've I've been very fortunate to have played some grand finals um throughout the time that I've been playing however this year was the first year that we were kind of chasing like the our third premiership title but mm. third consecutive premiership title repeat three we were heading Ooh, for the three p do
0: better than the roosters
1: right <laughs> like <laughs> come work <learn. laughs> but um basically what had happened is we we were in a similar position a couple of years ago where we had gone through a whole like two seasons undefeated oh no sorry i, I take that back we were kind of aiming towards our third premiership title and we would lost so we're kind of like oh like that's crap like we'd worked so hard and we were so passionate about trying to secure the three p that you know we kind of fell short and like you know what it's okay back to the drawing board building blocks again um went through the fall like the next season undefeated secured the premiership title did it again last year and so this year we're kind of in a position where it was like well you know it's just another season whereas for me in my head how I was processing that information is like yes like while history tells us we've been here we've also never been able to get the job done yeah and so we played against um Randwick Magic um at a packed out foreshore rugby club and in front of like an electric crowd mm. and it was just so special to have like i get goosebumps like yeah. thinking about it, like cl- like people particularly here in new south wales like were so passionate about club rugby mm. um because like yeah grassroots is like bread and butter to like feed the system however it was just like something insane like i while again while i've played some finals before like the winning feeling like the that special like i don't know like the uniqueness of what Mm. we had accomplished like really sat with me and lingered for like two weeks like i was just so proud of like what we had accomplished and like that makes me feel so proud of the fact that i was a part of a like a history making moment for our Mm. club um so that was at a club level at a state level um i've been part of the waratah squad now for two years i played two seasons with them um and then In their inaugural year, I was injured, so I was not a part of it, but I Mm -hmm. went to go watch, like, because I have a lot of friends that were playing, and so we went out to Allianz Stadium to watch New South Wales Waratahs take on the Queensland Reds in, like, such a narrow final. Like, it was down-to-the-wire kind of of final. I remember sitting in the grandstands being, like, far out, man. Like, I never, ever want to miss an opportunity like this again. Like, I want to do everything I can to be part of this squad the next time the opportunity comes around. And so I think when I got to debut for the, um, the Waratahs down at GIO Stadium against the Brumbies was such a special feeling. And um, I remember it was the, it was, I like I'd scored a try yeah in my debut game and it was like the first game of the Super W season. I was like, yes, like, <laughs> I will never forget this. <laughs> and I never have. And yeah. that's the only try I've ever scored in <laughs> Super <laughs> W season. <laughs> oh that's so um, good. so that was that and then like with wallaroos like i've like honestly since i was like 17 years old and like found out that there was a wallaroo squad sorry a wallaroo side um i was like i want to be part of that squad and because i was playing with girls at club level who were part of the wallaroo squad and like to me they were just the definition of like hard-working women like they just work so hard like they would be the first ones on the fields like training before we would be training and like they just set a really strong standard and an example that I was like I want to be a part of that and so after the two like my first year of Super W I got a call from the head coach um basically what had happened is pretty funny story but so we had our final it was a Sunday then Monday comes around and like we have our mad Monday and like just, you know, <laughs> celebrating life, <laughs> celebrating the win. Having a good time. Yeah, having a great time. And then eventually get back home at, like, 9 o'clock that night. Like, I'm done for the day. Like I'm so done. I'm, like, sitting on the couch, like, eating orange cake. Because, like, at the time my auntie made some orange cake and brought it down to the final. And I was like, I can't take this cake, but I'll eat it tomorrow. So, like, eating orange cake, watching the Super W final. And um, my phone starts ringing. It's, like, 9.30. And, you know, there was a couple of whispers that, you know, girls are getting calls, like, mm. if they're part of the squad. And you know, I, I, while I was at Mad Monday, like, it sounds a bit silly, but I kept checking my phone being like, do I have an email? Like, do I have a missed call? And I had nothing. And, you know, to be honest, I was a little bit disheartened. I was like, oh, man, like, it would have been really cool to get a call to you. I was like, you know what, it's my first year. I just kept, like, made my return back from injury, like, whatever. I've enjoyed my season and my time will come eventually if it's meant to be. And then my phone rings and it's like 9.30 at night. And I'm like, this is such an ungodly hour. And I'm like, well, this number's we're going not saved. On. <laughs> <laughs> this number's also not saved in my phone. Could it be? Mm. So I answered and I was like, hello. It would sound like it was husky and it was a broken voice. <sighs> <we're> like, hello? <laughs> 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 he was like, hello? <laughs> and then on the other side, it was like, um, like all I heard was, hi, Sarah, it's Dwayne Nesta, the Walleroo's head coach, and like, Oh God, like I got bombs oh. again. And like, you just think of it at that time, I was 23 years old. And so I'd been dreaming about that since I was 17. So, I mean, he wasn't calling to drop me cause I wasn't part yeah. of the squad.
0: <laughs> it was good news.
1: Yeah, it was good news <laughs> coming. And um, I actually, after I got off the phone, I ran to the kitchen and my boyfriend was in the kitchen and I looked at him and he's like, what's wrong? Cause I just had like this shocked look on my face. And I was like, I've, like I'm part of the Wallaroos training squad um and we both just like embraced each other and cried in the kitchen and you know (laughs) that just kind of speaks volumes of like how much i wanted it but also how much he knew i wanted it as well um and it's been such a journey like it is like one also remembering that it's like it's the highest honor that you could accomplish in rugby union particularly in the 15s format is to be part of the wallaroo squad so Mm -hmm. you know i count it as a privilege to be a part of this squad and i um was fortunate enough to be named to tour against um japan um and new zealand and while i didn't get to make my debut in that test series like it was just so special to be like rubbing shoulders with the best players in this country and like i never want to lose sight of that Mm -hmm. and and how special that was to one be identified but then two to be selected to be with those girls as well Um, and then basically we had another tournament coming up in November, 2019, um, back in Fiji called the Oceano tournament, um, where they were taking like a development side. So we were called ourselves Australia egg and, um, yeah, I got to go over, I was selected and, um, got the opportunity to debut against, um, Black Fern development, which is great. the New Zealand side and got to play against Samoa as well. And it was just so special. Um, and it kind of was a full circle moment for me. Being an australian born fijian like fiji is the land that i come from and then days where i call home mm. um and to be able to debut on like in fiji was something special i was like oh like like this is this I've is great <laughs> yes <laughs> like this is this is amazing yeah. so um i mean that's a long-winded answer but i just feel like it's so hard for me to pinpoint a moment because i have experienced like such special things in each realm of footy like whether it was club whether it was state or whether it was national but um yeah that is they're pretty oh, special memories for they're me very special and i yeah. think it's
0: cool because you know like what you said when you were watching the waratahs play when you were injured and you were like i want to be there i want to be in that moment and same thing when you made the wallaroo squad you know you're like i want to get to a point where i'm making my debut so that motivation that comes from even just being around mm. that environment i yeah. think you know sometimes we kind of lose sight of if we don't quite get there, and we're in the mix. It's like, oh, we want to be there, but use that as motivation yeah. to keep pushing yourself, keep training, keep doing all those things. So, a hundred percent.
1: And like at the end of the day, like you know, there's you th- there's no other option mm. but to keep yourself motivated because like external validation, like will only gets you so far. But like if you're not like driven from the inside, like like you just won't work. Yeah. So yeah, like and. I think each time like I've experienced some like some sort of setback, it's definitely like placed a fire in my ability to be like, I'm not done until I say I'm done. Like yeah. if that makes sense. Yes. 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 It I- does. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I think I can tell that rugby brings you a lot of joy and happiness because you're the way you're talking about your career and the smile on your face <laughs> and the passion in your voice. But how does rugby and I guess sport in general bring you joy and happiness?
1: Um you know it's so cliche but people say like the friendships you make and the camaraderie and the teams that you're in um really are second to none but I think how why it brings me joy is that like I've trained with like you know when I'm in any team right like we train so hard and like that's not exaggerating like we train Mm -hmm. so hard we are trying to make room to train before we go into the office or we're coming out at lunchtime we've got a 45 minute block to do some conditioning right so like we work so hard together and then when we on the field, like I have girls putting their body on their line for me and vice versa. And so it builds like this special bond. Like you couldn't, I couldn't even tell you mm. like <laughs> what, what it is, but it just builds this like special bond. And when I see like people doing things for me, I'm like, fire out, like I want to do the same for you. And I think like, naturally, like there's just like a happiness transaction, right? Mm. And like, you spend so much time with these girls, you form such long time, like long-term friendships with them that you're just like, well, we spend so much time together like you kind of like you make me happy yeah (laughs) this makes me happy um like so i know that was like a long answer but basically (laughs) how it like brings me joy is that like i get to work hard with people that i know will work hard for me and therefore that brings me joy because i'm like i know that if i was to walk on a pitch or if i was stuck in any any part of the game not even just on the pitch but you know off the pitch, Mm. if i was stuck i know that i would have friends that would turn up for me like with a phone call or yep. a text and so yeah like it's just so rewarding to have such beautiful friendships from a sport that is hard and demands a lot from you yeah,
0: yeah absolutely <laughs> in the trenches like yes. there's ride right or die people in your life absolutely yeah so how I guess on the flip side of that has rugby and you know the training that you do and the career that you've had helped you when it comes to overcoming or dealing with any challenges in your personal life
1: yeah absolutely I mean a lot of things that I've learned in a team environment have absolutely been transferable to like my personal life, you know, and it sounds so cliche, but like being able to work on a team, like you think about 15s you have on a game day, you have 23 people, that's 23 different personalities, Mm. 23 different ways of people processing information or reacting to things. So, um, you know, that is probably the most obvious kind of transferable skill. Um, But just like the hard work is like, so I feel like is embedded in me because of like what, rugby does demand particularly at this level is like for me like I don't like shortcuts like yeah like you do a job and you do it properly like you put your hand to what you see it through to it like till it's done and like that to me is like what rugby is and like it's so evident in my day to day life like I hate doing things half ass. like yeah even if I go to the gym like I, mean, I was just having this conversation with my boyfriend earlier this week we were, we were training um and he was like oh this is the exercise that we could do and I tried like two reps of it and I was like i'm not it's not working for like my technique is so off like i don't want to do this like mm. i want to replace the exercise and like that he's like well just like just try until it doesn't work and i'm like no that's not how my brain works yeah. like <laughs> for me to feel some kind of satisfaction like i need to finish how i started so i'm mm. not going to do an exercise and then by the third set and there's four sets third set being like oh like this is hard i'm going to change it force like i'm like i don't like i don't no. like it that way like how i start is how i will finish so um yeah, I mean, it definitely makes me a little bit more competitive in my day to day life as well. <laughs> but hey, thanks for rugby. That. Yeah, yes.
0: that's it. That's it. So obviously, rugby has traditionally been you know a more male dominated mm. sport, but I feel like in recent years we've really seen it. You know, the women's game come to the forefront, particularly the sevens. Um, and that's I guess across the board with all sport in this country: AFL, rugby league, mm-hmm. soccer. Um, but how have you found your experience as a female athlete in a more male dominated sport?
1: Um, I think when I was like, when I first started out, I probably felt it a bit more because I mean, we didn't have access to the same resources as the men, like even like at any playing level, like whether Mm. I was part of the state team or whether I was part of my club team, um, we just didn't have access to the same resources, but I feel as though over the past couple of years, we've come some way, but that's not to say that we still have some way to go. Um, so I don't necessarily – I mean, there are some things that really, like, make my blood boil, um, but at the same time, I'm like, I know that we're not where we used to be, and that's enough for me to feel, like, super grateful for what we have in the direction that we're moving. Um, you know, perhaps we are moving a bit slower, like rugby union is moving – and the 15th format in particular mm-hmm. is moving a lot slower than other sports. But, um, you know, I've spoken to some women that have been part of the squad for, like, you know, six-plus years have been to, like, two World Cups. And I have asked them the question, like, like, do you feel like you have so much now? She's like, you know what, it's crazy because back then everything you you were given, you were just so grateful to have. Mm. And each year we come back, we get given a bit more. And so that to me is like, hey, like, never discount the fact that each year we are making improvements and, like, and, yeah, we absolutely are moving in the direction that we'll And we need to be moving in. Um, Again, probably slower than other sports, but like comparison is the fearful joy. Like I can't sit here and pick apart my sport and compare it to other sports who are professional when I'm a semi-professional athlete. Exactly. So the playing field's um, not even, but like in the capacity that we're working as athletes are not equal either.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's it. I think um, it's really positive though, because I'll admit, I didn't know really much about female rugby union in this country um and I think even just in my research for you and this interview was learning a lot more about the the Super W League and the Wallaroos team and I think being an NRL fan and a rugby league fan as well seeing the trajectory of like the Gillaroos team Mm -hmm. which has grown so much in that league there and I have real hopes that you know the rugby union side can do that as well so I think it's
1: positive absolutely
0: Um, So we wanted to talk a little bit about the the side of obviously loving the shit out of life is really important, but sometimes we don't love the shit out of life, things happen, things go on in our lives. As an athlete, you know, staying motivated, which we've spoken about, how do you handle those days where you're really not loving the shit out of your career and what you're doing?
1: Yeah, I mean those days are so real for me. (laughs) And I think like it would be so like – It'd be a wasted opportunity for me to sit and be like, "I love the shit out of my life. I love the shit out of everything." There's Every really bad single day, days. Like, yeah,
0: no bad days. No, like there was
1: literally. <laughs> uh, no, sorry, like a couple of weeks ago, I was talking to my friend. I said to so you, "Know what word I'm really sick of at the moment?" And she's like, "Oh God, here we go." Like, what says what word is? That? I was like, "Positive." I don't want to hear the word positive. I hate that word positive. I say it a lot. <laughs> so that was like yeah, six-week yeah. ago kind you were of You're having deep. a, a like, moment, okay? Like, like talk to me. Like, why Like, why mm. are you not liking this word positive? I'm like, because, like, stop asking me to be positive if I just don't feel positive. Like, let me feel my emotions in its entirety. Let me process it. Let me be. And like, I don't have to be positive all the time. Like, that Whoa. word was just like flush it down the toilet for me right now. Um, but you know, as I said, there are definitely days that I don't love. Um, I don't love it as much as I do compared to other days. And I think you know bearing in mind like I am a semi-professional athlete mm. I have I have to work to provide myself I have a full-time job um I have a life that I try and balance outside of the field which includes relationships and my family and you know what they need of me and what I need of them and then on the pitch like there is there is like there are standards like to to play at this level like there are standards that need you need to be able to meet and um you know I feel as though I can confidently say I do my part to ensure that like I am you know doing what I need to do Mm. um but it just sometimes gets overwhelming and like the pressure can become real because I want it like I said because I'm someone that like I want to give 100% to everything that I'm doing everything that I currently have put my hand up to so far in my life like I give 100% to so you could imagine when I'm trying to give 100% to my work I give 100% to my relationship and then give 100% to my rugby like There's going to be days in Mm. there where I'm just like, everyone go away. (laughs) Responsibility, go away. Like you're spent. Yeah, I'm so spent. I I really am spent. But I think there have been some significant moments and significant conversations with some people, and they're like real conversations where I'm like, hey, like this is where I'm at. Mm.
0: Like
1: I feel burnt out. I'm sad. Mm. Like I'm sad. I'm overwhelmed. Like – and i just i think being able to surround myself with the right people that don't necessarily tell you what you want to hear but what you need to hear which isn't always harsh like sometimes mm-hmm. when people think like oh you just don't want to hear this because it's the truth i'm like sometimes the truth actually isn't that hard to hear like yeah sometimes you just need someone to be like it's okay yeah feel that way yeah but you're not going to stay this way for like overnight tomorrow yeah. we're going to get up and we're going to start fresh again yeah. like and those have been like real like real moments for me Mm. um so yeah like I said there are days that I don't love it but being able to surround myself with the right people um and keeping myself focused on like reminding myself of like why am I doing this and I think in previous years um when people have asked me like why do you play rugby like what's your why and you know often I would say oh it's my family like, oh, I play because of my family. I want to make my mum and my dad proud. But, like, to be honest, like, when I'm deep in the trenches and we're in the 65th minute of a game, like, I'm not thinking about my mum and my dad. Like, mm. I do what I do because of the girls beside me and because I love them and I want us to, like, succeed. Yeah. And then on a personal level, I do what I do because I want to prove to myself that, like, I am capable of accomplishing good things and great things with my life. Mm. And rugby does give me that opportunity to do so. And so while I... You know, the days that I don't love it, I remind myself of why I do it. I do it because of the girls that I get to play with. I do it because I want to prove to myself that I'm, like, capable of doing good things with my life. That kind of puts me back on the straight and narrow. So, yeah, being a, like I said, like, in summary, like, surrounding myself with the right people, mm. reminding myself of my why and, like, being really honest with that why, not the airy-fairy doing it for, like, you know, fam. world peace yeah like no like <laughs> i'm gonna save the world no, like i'm not gonna save the world i'm like i'm not interested in saving the world yeah. right now like, <laughs> it's, it's too hard <laughs> it's, a lot, it's a lot yeah um but yeah like those those moments are so real mm. and um you know often people might see like us like as a traveling 30 at a terminal ready to go on tour mm. and us posting up like a sweaty picture like yeah. after after a gym session and like well all those things are great like there is there is so much that is felt in the private when no one can see us. Mm-hmm. And I feel like particularly like in what, like I can speak about the teams that I'm currently a part of. Like to me, like it makes me a little bit emotional because I'm like, I love those girls so much and I know that they love me so much. But like w- we, without saying it, we all know what each other going through. Yeah. But we rock up day in and day out because one, like we, we're driven by some kind of why some kind of why that keeps us united and keeps us showing up and like yeah to me that's like really special yeah and it's cool because i'm guessing all the girls
0: would probably have different whys yeah but the fact that you can come together and be united is something really special so i think that's such a good message and going back to the word positive yes (laughs) i i have thought about this a lot recently of there is a bit of a I don't know if this is the right term, but like toxic positivity that's put out there of like, you just be happy, just be happy, just be positive. But I think you're right in a sense that you need to really feel those days where you're not and you need to be honest with yourself and honest with the people around you. Like, I'm not feeling it today and that's okay. So I think even for me, writing a book about positivity you know, there is an expectation that I'm always positive and I can assure you that I'm not. So I think it's important to be honest about those things. And yeah. yeah. be real about it. I absolutely
1: mm. agree with you because, you know, like I just – I think sometimes when you try and mask it, like when someone's going through something like, oh, just like remain positive, like that's almost like a Band-Aid. Like mm. it's a Band-Aid response without actually being able to like delve deeper and like, you know, I never – I like I hope that I will always have the capacity to be able to see someone past that point of like oh just be positive and yeah. then Being like oh yeah true maybe I should but like hey like a question or two more could probably yeah. get them to like really open up you know so I think like sometimes we need to not be so quick to just remind people to be positive but just like understand why they're not feeling so positive yeah um because that's that's precisely the spot where you'll be able to like meet them potentially help them
0: so what hopes and dreams do you have for your career what would you like to achieve as a rugby player in the future whether it's short term long term
1: um like my most obvious goal at this point is like rugby league world cup is nine months away it's next year in september so that's like that's that's long term to me Mm. that's nine months away there's that's long term my short term goal is that um I would earn my first test cap for the Wallaroos. Um, while I've been so lucky to uh, have debuted for Australia, I'm still yet to earn my first test cap. So mm. that's that's what I'm shooting for. That's what I'm aiming for. Um, but I would love to, one, earn my first test cap, play as many tests. We have a few tests lined up next year. Play as many as I um, can. And then, God willing, be picked to go to rugby to the rugby world cup next year in New Zealand, um, that's like the pinnacle of women's rugby, and like it just excites me. <laughs> it really does. Yeah. So like those are those are my uh, like on a on an international stage. Mm. Like those are those are my goals, and that's what really keeps me driven. Is like how cool would it be at this point next year to be like, oh, i went to world cup. Yeah. So I mean, those are my dreams and my. Hopes. Yeah. It's test cap and rugby. Uh, to go to the Rugby World Cup. I think you can do it. Oh, <laughs> <goodness> <laughs> Let's get this injury sorted, yeah? Yeah, that's <laughs>
0: it. Yeah, I don't think we mentioned that at the start. No. So Sarah is injured with a, is a broken leg.
1: Yes, we've got a fractured fibula Oof. and we snapped my syndesmosis.
0: <gasps> that's hard to say. It is. Because it was
1: like syndesmosis. I was like, mm. what's that? Are you sure I have I hear it like? a
0: lot now. I feel like it's not a term that I've heard. I still can't spell
1: it. Mm, yeah. I can't spell it. I always have to go back onto the internet to be like, yeah. how do you spell syndesmosis? And it's like, did you mean? Yeah,
0: <laughs> Yeah. so Sarah is on crutches at the moment, but was it 13 more days of the crutches? Yes, I have a
1: countdown app in my phone. We're counting down even to the second. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want an update? Yeah. How many okay. seconds left? Yeah, absolutely. Bear with me for a moment. <laughs> I am... And,
0: and when the listeners hear this, you'll be out of that. Those yes. Cr- off those crutches, I should say. Absolutely. So, so as
1: of... Uh, I don't even know what today's date is. The 20 20th... 28th? So yeah. as of the 28th of November, I am 13 days, one hour, 54 minutes, and 21 seconds from getting my boot off.
0: Oh. Uh, wow. 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 Modern technology. But who's counting? Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> like, who's counting? <laughs>
0: Oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> so we're coming towards the end of the podcast and I always like the guests to sum up what we've spoken about today. So, Sarah, how do you love the shit out of Rugby Union?
1: How do you love the shit out of Rugby Union? You have to love it first. You can't just expect to appreciate it. Mm. There has to be some sort of passion and love towards the game. And honestly – you will carve out your own reasons as to how to love the shit out of it because for me I started out as like you know wanting to prove to my brothers that I could play this sport or, and be as tough as them and then once I got into it I was like how do I love this well I want first of all I love being around these girls I love learning I love pushing myself a little bit further than what I think I can go and since then and every year since I've just carved out like more and more reasons as to like how to love the shit out of it and it's just like you you first got to love it and then you just keep turning up because if you love something like you will always show effort and you'll always show up regardless and so for me that's how I continue to love it is because like well, how the reason I keep showing up mm. is I do love it in mm. the first place I do love it I don't need to learn how to it's because I really do so I don't know if that makes sense <laughs> it
0: does, does it? it does yeah that's yeah. actually yeah. a really good response we get a lot of Variety of responses to that, and that yeah. was a really good response. I don't think I've heard that as yet.
1: Yeah, as in like you
0: create your own yeah. reasons, and it, it's different for everyone.
1: Hundred percent, like like individuals is like everyone's so different, right? Mm. But I I couldn't tell you how to love the shit out of it. You've got to love it first, and then mm. you just, you carve out your own reasons as to why you want to keep showing up to it. Amazing. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so,
0: what other things do you love the shit out of?
1: Oh, okay. um well I love to train yes I'm currently injured but like that's no excuse gotta keep the body moving (laughs) my upper body is so effing sore right now but like whatever (laughs) I love to train um I love coffee I do love I love the shit out of coffee I love storytelling so I also have my own blog it's a bit of an abandoned passion project slash (laughs) baby and you can really tell when I love my blog because I'll post consistently on it but then when I don't Mate, I may as well just cancel <laughs> yeah. the page, stop paying WordPress for my platform.
0: <laughs> oh, I've been there. I've been oh, there.
1: <laughs> I, I, But I do love storytelling and I'm in at the moment. I'm working um, as a marketing communications coordinator at City Unisport where um, part of my role is storytelling. So, mm-hmm. like, I, I really do enjoy that aspect of it. Oh. Okay. It's okay. This is really there's weird, not. but there's one, but it's really weird. Promise not to judge me. Okay. I love to I thought you were going to
0: say promise not to tell anyone. I was going to say this is the
1: wrong- <laughs> <laughs> This is the wrong platform, sis. Yes. <laughs> but there's um, there's uh, on YouTube, like I, I love watching things on YouTube. Like I watch ridiculous things on YouTube. <laughs> but I love watching wedding entrances. Oh. Oh, my goodness. Particularly of <laughs> Middle Eastern weddings. Oh. oh, my God. The drums, the sparkles, like- Like I'm by nature a very extra person. So I'm just Mm. like, oh, my goodness, (laughs) like getting so many dreams for my Pinterest board. (laughs) But I love the shit out of YouTube videos of people's wedding entrances. Oh, that is amazing. Is that
0: random? It is a little bit, but I feel like I can understand why. I, I went through a little phase where I was watching like wedding huckers Oh yeah yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah! Like because there was like this really beautiful clip of.
1: I feel like I know which you one know you're the talking one I'm talking about. about. Wedding in New Zealand. Yeah, and the, went, and the bride got involved. Yes, in. it went viral,
0: and it was so beautiful and just moving. Yes. And then I think I went on this tangent of. Wedding like huckers being performed at weddings and yep. so I and I, I can understand and I look I've never been to a Middle Eastern wedding.
1: Nor have I. But I feel
0: like it looks like a lot of fun. Oh
1: my goodness, the drums. Yeah. I'm like I'm Fijian and my boyfriend's South African, but like can we still have <laughs> drums? But and then like I love watching the entrances and there's been so many times that like my boyfriend walk in and I'm just watching like random people's <laughs> weddings. Cause you know like their wedding rules? Yes. Yeah. And like there is like it's such a, like variety there was like a couple and they were like rapping to each other like Nicki Minaj I was like you're lit like you're (laughs) fire you have guts that
0: is amazing and then there's like
1: another wedding where they I'm not joking there was about 15 bridesmaids I was like okay that's too many bridesmaids
0: that's way too extra
1: that's like I just (laughs) like there's something about wedding videos on YouTube of strangers and like different cultures that I'm just like a froth over it Wow. Yeah.
0: That's interesting. Yeah. I, that's probably, again, a very interesting answer to that question.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I
0: love that. Everyone, you know, it's like I love my family and, like you said, Oh, yeah, yeah,
1: their family. Yeah, yeah, yeah I love them, them, them people just, too. <laughs> maybe
0: I need to add that into, like, what is the most random thing you love the shit out
1: of? Wedding videos on YouTube <laughs> <laughs> and of people that I don't know. <laughs>
0: Oh, that is the best um so
1: how can people follow you online get in touch with you yeah absolutely so you can follow me on my personal ig handle which is Sarah Ngama. you can follow my blog but again i probably won't post a lot of content but <laughs> hey like build my following guys at sarah situations um but yeah basically i i do a lot of like public speaking gigs as well as um which i absolutely do love um so like if you ever want to get in touch like head to my website the link is in the bio of both so um I'd love to hear from you.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for doing this. Oh my God. Thank you so much for having me. I hope I made sense. You did. You did. I feel like, yeah, a lot of clarity. And then I now I also feel like people are gonna go out and watch random
1: wedding yes. entrance
0: videos on YouTube.
1: Oh my goodness. If that look, if that's all I get out of this. I wait, can I suggest a YouTube video <laughs> sure. for people to watch? Yes. Um, um Melissa Molinaro wedding performance. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Wow. Like, (laughs) oh, my goodness.
0: Maybe I should share it on the the Facebook page. She
1: inspired me. I was like, you make me want to dance like Beyonce at my (gasps) wedding. Don't we all, though? Right? Yeah. Like, expectation versus reality. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) On that note, (laughs) thanks so much, Sarah. No, thank you so much for having me. I've enjoyed this morning.